Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. My name is Paul Davis, and welcome to the Paul Think Grow podcast. Um, I'm very excited at the moment, so if, if I get giggly or, you know, a little bit too happy and things, I'll, I'll bring it back down. But I'm just having a very good time, um, and I'm very excited to be able to share these things with you and also be able to have a, have have this relationship with you where I can bring you content and, um, and we can think and grow together. Uh, so I really would like if you want to get in contact with me or you want to discuss anything that, that we do here on the podcast or um, anything for future business or anything like that, please uh, go to paulthinkgrow.com and check out the website and contact me through there. So today I'm going to get right into it because like I said, I'm pretty excited. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very energetic at the moment. So I'm trying to keep things very calm and cool. And I'm just going to talk the way I normally talk. And I've got some things, some notes here that I want to make sure that I stay on point. Uh, because if you can't tell already, I enjoy talking. It is one of the biggest pleasures in my life. So uh, if, you, if you've got uh, a moment, sit here with me and let's have a good time. So today I'm going to talk about my favorite subject in the whole world. Um, it is self-influence. So this, t- the title of this is going to be mastering your mind and using self-influence to automate your own success. It's, this is one of the biggest things that, I, that I've come across in my almost two decades of being a trainer assessor and a life coach. Um, so I'm a trainer assessor, life coach, I'm a certified uh, life coach, uh, executive life coach, and a self-influence specialist. So I'm here today to share with you my expertise and my experiences, as well as the things that I've learned and found out over the over the course of almost two decades worth of um, doing this type of work. Um, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to jump into talking about self-control, because there's a difference between self-influence and self-control, and there is a, a very a very deep meaning to both of them and both of them are incredibly useful uh, but also by the end of this uh, podcast episode and you're going to find out why I love self-influence so much and so we're going to start off with self-control and at the end I've got a little treat for you because here's one of the things that I find found in my, in my life and all of my uh, ex- all of my um, experience and professional uh, life is that people will always tell you things like, you know, be yourself, you know, be strong, be this, be that, or, you know, focus on this or focus on that. But they never actually tell you how to do those things. It's, there is a very, there's just like, I don't know, this unwritten rule or something where people believe that if they just tell you to focus on something or focus on the task or, or be confident or be, you know, bold or be brave or whatever, that you're going to automatically just do that. And if you've never actually engaged in that type of behavior before, especially if you're doing something that's that that makes you feel like you're not brave, that makes you feel like you're not confident, that's a bit uncomfortable, um, you're going to struggle with the advice of just be that, just do that, just act this way, just be yourself, just do all these sort of things without actually having the knowledge or experience to have done that or the knowledge of how to do that. Uh, a lot of people can get to a point where they can get um, very overwhelmed and even get to a point where they get 
uh, depressed about it or find it extremely difficult to to overcome that that internal talk, that internal feeling. So, but we're going to start off with <clears throat> we're going to start off with self-control because I believe that self-control and self-influence they they work well together, but one actually creates the other. So we're going to work on that. So understanding self-control. So we'll discuss the importance of self-control in achieving personal and professional goals now. So self-control is essentially the ingredient for success in both your personal and professional life. Self-control uh, allows individuals to like regulate their thoughts, their emotions and behaviors in a way that help them line up with their goals. And having self-control helps people to to resist temptations and distractions that could derail their progress. And it is there to preserve, to preserve you through the challenges and setbacks. So that's what self-control can do for you. It enables people to maintain focus and discipline and even when faced with difficulties and setbacks. So th that's what I was saying. Self-control is one of those things where people will say, just do this, just be disciplined, just you know, have the willpower. Um, but self-control also plays a crucial role in decision-making. It allows you to uh, make cho to make choices that are in your best interest, rather than like being swayed by impulsive desires or monetary impulses or you know relationship impulses or things like that. So it can help people avoid self-sabotage and maintain like a consistency and a momentum needed to achieve their goals. And it can improve relationships by reducing like conflicts and misunderstandings and foster uh, foster a sense of trust and respect. It also enhances like personal growth, uh, self-esteem, enable people to feel more confident in everything that they do. So pretty much self-control has has a very beautiful um, has a very beautiful uh, reason to exist, a very beautiful part of you. If you are able to access self-control, it, it will be a very beautiful part of you to help you with relationships, professional life, uh, goals, and everything you want to do. So explaining what self-control is and why it can be difficult to maintain in certain uh, circumstances, um, I'll say self-control refers to the ability to regulate your thoughts and emotions and behaviors in order to achieve personal goals, but it can be difficult to maintain in certain situations because it requires exerting mental effort and resistance against immediate temptations or impulses. And, and this can be challenging in, in many, many situations that evoke strong emotions, such as like stress or, or a desire or in environments that are rich in temptations like buffets or gambling casinos and things like that so self-control can be depleted by exertion you actually do too much you push too much and you can actually get to a point where you know people say you break and this can make it harder to maintain later on in other challenging situations because now you got the experience of of, of breaking or the experience of that self-control being lost um and certain certain individual differences like personality traits and lack of sleep or you know wrong foods or 
Um, all kinds of things can affect that self-control and make it even more challenging to maintain. So self-control can be absolutely beautiful, but it can also, it, it's something that can snap. It's something that can break. It's something you can lose. It's something that can wear out. It's something that can fatigue. And you can read these these concepts and ideas in like psycho, psychology, psychology Today websites and Harvard Business Review websites. Um, this guy, Daniel, uh, what's his name? Daniel uh, Kahneman, Daniel Kahneman. I could never remember how to say his name. His book, Think Fast and Slow, um, he's, he's, his, his book can actually give you the same sort of concepts on self-control. Um, but the Kahneman theory, he's got a theory and uh, what his theory was uh, is the prospect theory. Um, like he won the Nobel Prize in economic science in 2002. And that theory focuses on humans, how humans make decisions when they face risk, particularly financially, financial risk. But you can, you can take a thing like financial risk and look at it and go, uh, that can be applied to a lot of other things because finances is something you need and something you want. And not everything is a need and a want, but finances are generally something you need and you want or financial stability or financial, you know, uh, prowess or whatever, something that you need because we've got to eat, we've got to have a place to stay, we've got to pay for things, we've got kids, we've got, um, you know, vehicles and bills and all kinds of things. It's something you need, but it also is something you want. You want to maintain either that level of, I have enough or I have more than enough so I'm comfortable. So if anything happens, I'll have enough here. Or even if you don't have enough, it's still gonna be a need and a want. Uh, whereas other things might not be a need and a want, but this is, you know, finances is one of those things that is definitely a need and a want for the majority of people in the world. So that's that's it. That's kind of a starting point uh, as to what I wanna talk about it's it's just a it's just a, a foundation of what I want to talk about. We're going to move up the ladder a little bit and talk about self-influence. And I say I love self-influence. Um, I'm not opposed to the concept of using self-control as your dominant measure. I like self-influence because self-influence has got a different uh, way of creating self-control. So self-influence can actually be that thing that creates and improve your self-control. So self-influence refers to the process of uh, shaping and changing your own thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors uh, with the goal of reaching desires, with the with, with goal of reaching a desired outcome or improving yourself. It's, it's a proactive and intentional approach to personal development based on the beliefs that you have power to influence your own experiences and outcomes and we're going to get into that i'm going to like i said the there is this thing that i found when i was doing a lot of training and a lot of uh mentoring people will tell you what to do you know uh change your behavior change your thoughts you know manage your emotions all that kind of stuff but they never could present with you a how they would just say go read a book you know go read this book or go read that book and generally you would read those books and they would give you examples and things. And then you'd have these, these feelings of, okay, I kind of get the concept, 
Unless you actually are in that mindset already, it's very difficult to grasp concepts, especially complicated concepts um, like influencing yourself. Because we know that in, we know that others influence us. We know that uh, we can be an influence to others. But how many times have you, particularly the listener, you listening right now, how many times have you heard of the concept of self-influence? Self-influence. You've heard of self-confidence, self-respect. You've heard of all of those sort of things. Um, self-sabotage, all that kind of stuff that you've never really, or you may have, but many of you may never have actually heard the concept of self-influence. This involves using various strategies and techniques to direct your thoughts and behaviors in a positive way and a productive and in a productive direction. So for example, people can uh, visualize, use visualizations, use positive self-talk, goal setting, and mindfulness practices to increase their, their self-awareness and boost motivation and improve their own decision-making. Now, when I say that, you, you go, well, yeah, I've I've heard of these things, but I've never actually heard it said as self-influence. But I've heard of self-talk. I've heard of goal setting and and uh, you know boosting your your motivation with like visualization tools and tactics and things like that. But just stick with me. We're gonna. We're, I've got this thing at the uh, close to the end, close to the conclusion of what we'll get to in this episode. And I think you'll be surprised at just how powerful. And just how simple, but also how incredible this can be if we just took that power and used it. Many people don't use it. They might do a couple of things here and there, but they don't use it as a a daily tool. All right. So in contrast to self-discipline, which often relies on like strict rules, regulations, self-influence is like more flexible, more comprehensive approach that allows people to understand their own motivations and strengths and understand your limitations. And this can lead to a greater self-understanding, personal growth, and a sense of empowerment. If you could think of it like this, when you use self-influence, you can grow faster. You can understand who you are faster. You can have a better understanding of who you are, how you operate, what happens in your life, that makes you go left or right or up or down or good or bad. And this can can be applied in any way. I mean, it's so versatile. It can be applied nearly everywhere in all areas of your life, including your career, relationship, your health and your finances. And it can help people reach their goals and, and lead more fulfilling lives, lead more fulfilling lives, leave a more fulfilling life. And by using self-influence, you can tap into your own inner resources, things that you don't actually have to have other people to do for you. This is your internal inner resources. You can unleash your own potential and your own power and just create the path. It's kind of an automated thing. What we're going to talk about at the conclusion of this is, is I'm going to give you the how. And you can use this as a automatic programming of your own brain to actually create whatever it is you want to create in your life. And trust me, you you already do a lot of it sometimes, but to identify what it is you do and be able to use that as a tool, a daily tool to actually create the life you want to have, it's going to be awesome. So 
explaining the difference between self-influence and self-discipline. So I've given you sort of an example of what self-discipline uh, was, is, and what self-influence is. There's a, I mean, we can talk about the different concepts and the ideas forever because there are countless books written on the exact same thing we just went through. I just gave you a little quick run through just to give you an idea of what um, we're going to be utilizing, the information we're going to be utilizing. So self-influence and self-discipline are pretty closely related. Uh, I said that before. They're pretty closely related, but they're very distinct concepts. In the realm of like personal development and self-improvement, they're very distinct concepts. Where self-discipline refers to the ability to control your impulse and make choices that you need to make to get to where you want to go. It's about uh, self-influence. It's more about establishing habits and routines. And most of all, having the willpower, or sorry, self, self-control is more about establishing the habits and routines and having the willpower to stick to them, even when it's really, really difficult, even when you have uh, big issues or problems that, that, that come up, where self-influence, and I, because they both start with self, I gotta keep switching my brain to one to the other, which I mean, I, I do all the time, but still, I'm doing a first podcast and I'm very excited about it. So like I said, just bear with me. Uh, I'll come down after about the 30th one. Okay, so self-influence, um, on the other hand, it kind of it's more of a holistic approach, a holistic approach to self-improvement. And, and it goes beyond controlling impulses and behaviors. It involves developing a, a real deep understanding of your thoughts, your emotions, and what actually motivates you. And then using that to understand and shape your beliefs and attitudes in a positive way. So that's where we that's where the kicker is. You use that to shape your beliefs and attitudes in a positive way where you can use um, you can use self-control with pure willpower. And if you've got that and it's working for you the way it should work for you, if you got that, great. Everybody don't have a David Goggins type of self-control, but everybody can have a very beautiful self-influence mode where they can use the things in their life to literally control and reshape their beliefs, which in turn attitudes and actions and so on. We'll get to that. So the goal of self-influence is to create a positive and empowering mindset that support and drives that intended change, that intended positive change. Now, I like to say positive change because here's here's a little thing that I've um, somebody told me a long time ago. And I can't remember where I heard it from, but it, it, it goes something similar to this. However good a person is, however good a person can do, whatever heights of good a person can do, that shows that they have that potential and that capacity. But it also shows that if they chose to use those same tools, and those same abilities to go wrong, they would be able to reach the depths of wrong at the same capacity that they could reach the heights of good. Now, for some people, that's a a concept that just goes, no, if you're good, you're good. You don't do wrong. 
I understand that. I get that. I'm totally with you on that. You are the one or the other. And sometimes you try to stay in the middle as much as you can. But those are the people that don't actually exhaust their potential. They just take their potential and utilize it to, to tiny bits and pieces to get what they want or need throughout whatever situation. Whereas the people that actually have the ability to do incredibly good things, they have that what is called a capacity. So if they have the capacity, that means they could use that same potential, those same resources, those same ideas and focuses and charges that they have if they decided to go wrong. So when you see somebody and you go, man, that person was a great man. Well, if that person just had opposite beliefs, then that person would have been, you know, what we call like a, a, a evil person or whatever you call people that you don't like, you know, the Hitler types people. So you, you got to think of it like this influence. I say this because I want you to understand um, the goal of self influence is to create a positive and empowering mindset that support and drives your intended change. And I say positive because that's what it's supposed to be for. But if you use the same tools, it works both ways. So rather than simply relying on willpower, self and self-discipline, um, self-influence is what's going to actually be able to change your beliefs and empower you because you'll actually have a more intimate connection to your abilities. So in many cases, self-influence is more effective than self-discipline because us in many cases don't start sending me letters. But in many cases, self-influence is more effective than self-discipline because it addresses an underlying cause of the negative behaviors and attitudes rather than just trying to suppress them and fight against them and run the risk of, of um, breaking or run the risk of uh, causing more damage than, than repair. And by developing an empowerment mindset, people are better equipped to like overcome challenges, achieve their goals in a far more sustainable way. And self-influence can also help foster greater resilience and self-awareness and personal power and growth, which I've said before, which are important uh, components to success in life. All right. So that's why that's what I wanted to, to present both of those frameworks for you. You can use these frameworks in conjunction with each other. They don't actually have to be independent. I just wanted to present self-influence as an alternative because, like I said before, there are a lot of problems with just using self-control because you can tell yourself you're not going to eat chocolate. You can tell yourself you're not going to eat uh, fried foods. You can tell yourself you're not going to drink this weekend or smoke or vape or you're not going to eat sweets or any you can tell yourself these things and you can fight against it as hard as you want to but how many of us have have made a decision that we're not going to do this we're not going to do something or we're going to stop doing something and weeks later we go whatever happened to that time when i said i was going to stop doing such and such ah i guess i just let it be and we've just gone back to doing whatever it was we said we weren't going to be doing. Or we haven't had the, the success because something in life happened and we needed our our fallback. We needed our our comfort. 
And there, uh, there could be a many different reasons why uh, self-control can be broken. And people can have it in their mind that, it, that this will just be a temporary thing. I'll just go back to it for a little bit and I'll quit because I said I would and I had done it before and I was quite successful uh, for the first year or something. It was really great. And there they are again, smoking, drinking, eating whatever it is they said they weren't going to eat or, or doing whatever it was they said they weren't going to do. Um, so I'm going to provide you with, with tips and strategies for using self-influence to manage and control, um, to manage self-control, uh, in, including visualizations and positive self-talk and goal setting. So self-influence, we're, we're actually getting there. Self-influence is a powerful tool for managing self-control. I said before, you can use these in conjunction. Self-influence is a powerful tool for managing self-control. Like I said, where self-control is using the willpower, using determination, being strict, being managed, and controlling yourself, self-influence can create a environment, can create a positive, um, a positive framework that allows self-control to actually not have to be so, so strained not have to be so thinly pulled or stretched um, to not have you have that feeling that I need 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 want 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 and I have to fight this feeling um, so let's think about it like this here's a few tips and strategies that we can use for for self influence look at my notes here visualizations now some of these you've already heard of and known well most of these you will the real big point I'm going to get to is after we go through a bit of this so visualization involves like Imagining yourself uh, successfully uh, resisting temptations or impulses, visualization outcomes of, of making a desired choice um, and things like that. So that, you know, that can help. That's something that you can use to help assist you with your uh, self-control, positive self-talk, encouraging yourself to to help shift your focus from negative thoughts and impulses towards more positive thoughts and impulses. Uh, for example, telling yourself I'm strong and I can resist this temptation. I can help build confidence and increase self-control. So your self-control is the action of actually, you know, fighting against that, using your willpower, using determination, using what you have, the resources you have to actually say, no, I'm not going to do that. Self-talk is the self-influence that actually gives you the power to push that self-control agenda. Kind of see where I'm going with this, right? Goal setting. So setting a clear and specific goal that help increase your, your motivation and focus and provide a sense of purpose without setting a goal in your life of what you want to do. I used to use the analogy like this. Let me just pause that, that time statement for a second. I usually use this analogy. That, not setting a goal, it's like putting on a blindfold, getting into a car you've never driven, turning it on, putting it into whatever gear you can find, and then just slamming on the gas and hoping that you reach your destination. Across town, you 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 hoping you reach your destination because you've got nowhere you're going. You can't see where you're going. There's no focus. There's no idea. There's no... I need to go this speed, that speed. I need to be in this gear, that gear. 
without setting a goal. It's like getting into a car blindfolded and just driving down the road, imagining that you're going to reach a place that you don't know where you're going to. All right. So setting a clear and specific goal can help increase your motivation and focus. And um, having clear goals can also help you reduce temptation to engage in impulsive behaviors that may distract you from these goals. Again, these are tools of self-influence that can help you maintain your self-control and increase your confidence. Mindfulness. Now, I say mindfulness because a lot of people have different concepts of mindfulness, but I'm just going to use the basic concept of mindfulness. Uh, a mental state that is achieved by paying attention to the present moment without judgment, without ridicule, without, you know, thinking that it's good or bad. It's often associated with practices like meditation and yoga and things like that, but it can also be applied in everyday life. And the goal of mindfulness is to increase self-awareness and improve your ability to regulate your thoughts and emotions and behaviors. So let's say things like meditation, um, body scan. If you ever heard of body scanning before, this is like laying down um, or sitting comfortably or fo focusing attention on different parts of the body and noticing the sensations and letting go of any tension and not judging that sensation, but noticing that sensation. Mindful breathing. This involves paying attention to your breath, noticing the sensation of breathing as it enters and as it leaves the body. And this can be done anywhere at any time. It can be quick and effective. Uh, it can be quick and effective and help you focus and reduce stress. So mindful movement. This involves bringing mindfulness to physical activity, like walking, yoga, tai chi. The goal of this is to focus on the sensations of movement and present it in, a, in the moment. Focus on the, the, the sensation of movement and be the present. Pull that, pull that focus to the moment rather than getting lost in thought. And, and things like mindful eating. Here's something crazy. Eating can be a way to focus your self-control by taking a moment. And this one is a difficult one for, you know, people who may have eating issues or who, you know, have have addictions to certain foods or things like that. So I'm not I'm not recommending that you use this if it's not something that you have a general healthy um, connection to. Um, but if you are eating something, you can take a moment and pay attention to the taste, to the texture and the appearance of the food and eat it, eat it slowly without distractions and just pay attention in the moment. That's mindfulness. So you can do that with a lot of different things. I mean, with almost everything. So that can be something that also is a, a influence that can be a powerful tool. These are also things that can be, um, be influences that can be powerful tools to helping you managing uh, self-control. Now, the last one I want to say is distractions. 
So people might say a distraction. How can a distraction be an influence to help me maintain control, self-control? Well, in some cases, distractions can be good. Uh, distracting yourself from temptations and impulses can be an effective strategy for, for managing self-control. So engaging in a different activity, like reading a book or going for a walk or, you know, playing a game or doing something that will shift your focus away from the temptation that's in front of you. And it makes it easier to resist that because now you're, 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 you're substituting the need for that action with another action. And if you do that often enough and, and successfully enough, it will become habit that when you feel like you're going to do that thing that you know you don't want to do, you do something totally different and put that in the place of that. So when that feeling arrives, and this is something that I do in coaching with people as well. I may sit with a person and they'll tell me about a, a, a negative habit that they have or something that they want to change. And we will find ways to displace that, that negative habit with something that's either positive or even mundane. But it has to be something that, um, that will distract from that negative habit and therefore giving them the, a tool and an opportunity to build that, to build that and make that into a, a function of, um, make that into an automated action. So when they feel like this is coming up, we attach the emotion with the desired outcome. And then we use that to, to sort of supplant that negative, um, that negative action with a more positive or something that just is a pure distraction. But as long as you constantly do this, you'll actually develop a, you develop a habit of pushing your negative things out of the way and being happy to do something totally different. So, you know, that's a bit of a complicated one because, you know, I do some, um, some, some coaching with uh, neuro linguistic um, programming and things like that. And that has, you know, there's a lot of that in there where we can take one habit and replace it with another um, or one habit and replace it with a totally different action. Uh, so there, there's, there's some complications in there, but if you just started to uh, change some of the things you do in place of the actions you would take when certain feelings and emotions arise, you'll find that you actually can have more self-control and this is self-influence. This is a this is a pure idea of self influence is that you are taking something from within you, using it as a tool to change something that you need changed. All right. So th that's how that's the, the, the three uh, sections we've just went through. One was what is self control? And why is it important? You know, what is it? How it works? What is self influence? How is it important? What does it work? And then how we can use self-influence because of its pure nature of actually creating a better bond to self-control by doing other things to help push that self-control. You know, you don't just get self-control because you want self-control. Many times you have to work on that. And there are plenty, plenty books. Yes, there are books that you can read that would give you examples after example, um, you know, 
from people that have done things similar to what you want to do or have created success in certain ways. Um, the, the seven habits, the seven habits of highly effective people got, has a lot of examples as to uh, things that people have done that has really shown their pathways, really shown how they pushed forward to things and changed things and made things happen. Um, Unlimited Power by Anthony Robbins. Uh, Charles Diggs' book, The Power of Habit. You know, you, you just got, you got books that you can do. Like I said, this, this, there's so much information out there until you won't actually have a problem finding um, material. Just have to figure out what resonates with you. Is it stories? Is it um, ideas? Is it poetry? Music? You can use all of this stuff. Now, now me being me saying that I'm getting more excited than than I was before because now I want to get to the last part of this. I want to get to the final real crust 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 of uh, you know sometimes these words pop into my head and I don't want to say them but I try. I want to get to the real nitty gritty. Hey, there you go. We use that. I'm getting to the real nitty gritty of what I want to actually present to you as a as a prize value. I like to give you some value. And giving you something that that um, that can just give you an idea to put all this together, I think that's going to be very useful. And I thank you guys for for listening and being with me. Let's just go ahead and present this. It's it is incredible how simple how simple things can be, and then still be extremely powerful. But usually, what happens is when people think about simple. They think weak when they think, oh, that's a very simple concept. But for some reason, they don't use that simple concept because it doesn't seem like it has as much um, as much use. So if I told you that if you this isn't true, but if I told you that if you walked up to the door and you touched the doorknob twice, the, you know, you would have a better morning every day. If I said that to you, many people would probably maybe maybe do it once you know after a week or so they might be, oh yeah i remember he said that and do it once and then go yeah it was an okay day it was normal nothing there but because it's so simple no real effort is put into it and then the person that that constantly tries it over and over and over now if it was a real concept obviously um the person that does do it and tries it over and over and over will find that they have unlocked something and by unlocking that something, they start to have better and better days. And they can contribute that to that touching that door, that doorknob handle, handle twice, you know, uh, tap, tap or whatever I said before. I, I forgot the concept, or I forgot the, uh, the analogy. But the what I'm trying to say is, is things can be super simple. So we're going to go through this. And I have taught this in classes and people have come to me with tears in their eyes years later. And told me how incredible the concept is and how powerful it was for their life. Others, you know, nothing. They would just say, you were fun. You know, you were funny in class. You were a great teacher. You were a great trainer, whatever. And 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 that's it. But then others would come and say, you remember you were talking about that, that, um, that, that hacking your own brain thing. I was like, yeah. And, and, and they would, they would tell me and start getting teary eyed. And it's such a great feeling. So if you're there, just please listen. Let's see if you can uh, put these put this concept to use. Okay, 
So my prize value, I'm going to call it that. I'm not going to do this every um, every uh, podcast. I might. Who knows? But because uh, this is number one. But I wanted to make sure I gave you some really good value. Um, the National Library, I'm going to start with a premise. The National Library of Medicine and the National um, Center for Bio biotechnology information published a a, uh, paper by Anton uh, Chekhov and Chekhov wrote in the biochemistry of belief he wrote a big paper and his first words were this beliefs are basically the guiding principles in life that provide direction and meaning in life beliefs are the present organized filters to our perceptions in the world, external and internal. Beliefs are like internal commands that the brain as to how to represent internal commands to the brain as to how to represent what is happening when we congruently believe something to be true. So it's, it's, let me say that last part just one more time. Beliefs are like internal commands to the brain as to how to represent what is happening when we believe congruently, believe that something is true. And in the absence of this belief or inability to tap into it, people feel disempowered. Now that's the first paragraph. The basically guideline beliefs are basically the guidelining principles in our lives that provide direction and meaning in our life. Beliefs are present, organized filters in our perceptions of the world, internal and external. Now, <clears throat> I've done a lot of work on controlling the way you think. And this is why my podcast is named Paul Think Grow. This is why I present this way. This is why I work in this field. I call what uh, Chekhov just had written. I call his his first idea of beliefs. I call this your programming. So let's break it down. I'm going to get you to imagine something for a second. You don't have to close your eyes. If you want to, you can. But I'm going to get you to imagine a, a circle chart. Something simple doesn't have to be something complicated, something simple. And if you don't worry, if you can't imagine it, I'm going to break it down for you and describe it um, with without the chart in that moment. So imagine a circle chart with arrows going around in a circle and you have a top and in that top section points an arrow down to the right. And then that right section points another arrow down to the bottom and then that bottom section points another arrow up to the left and then that left section points an arrow up to the top creating a circle and each section is at top right bottom left you got like let's say we put boxes there we put boxes there and each box one at the top one at the bottom one on the left one on the right has an arrow pointing going around clockwise okay The top one is beliefs and thoughts. The arrow pointing down to the right, the next section is your feelings. 
Then you go down to the bottom section, your actions. Going up to the left section, your results in life. And incidentally, going up to the top section again, creating the circle, is your beliefs. <clears throat> so I'll say that again. Your beliefs and thoughts point to your feelings. Your feelings point to your actions. Your actions point to your results. Your results pointing to your beliefs and thoughts. Now, I don't know who came up with this chart. I've I've looked at it. It said a few different people that came up with this chart um, with this with this expression of how the human brain works. Uh, I just like can, you can go on and just Google how the brain works and put in like the words beliefs, attitude, action, and it will come up with different charts. But the circle chart's quite simple to me. So I, I, I really do enjoy the, the, the circle chart. I've used it in class quite a few times in different formats and different looks and designs. But the circle chart seems to resonate because it's just a simple way of doing it. Think about your beliefs and thoughts. You don't do anything without actually believing you can do it. You don't move your legs to get up out of bed. You don't go brush your teeth. There's a thought and a little snap thought, lightning fast, that says, yeah, I can brush my teeth. Whether you think those words or not, there is a belief system there that you can go into the bathroom, pick up your toothbrush, and brush your teeth. Now, if you believe that you couldn't do it, you wouldn't try. I don't know how many people are standing outside right now listening to this podcast jumping in the air trying to fly because the belief system isn't there. All right. We all kind of have an idea of what human bodies can do. Now we can think about movies and all that kind of stuff. And those that those that do believe they can fly, I tell you what, if you ask them what they're doing right now, they might tell you I'm flying. So, you know, we're, we're going to stay within the realm of reality and not within the realm of of uh, fantasy at the moment. So beliefs and thoughts. Now, your beliefs and thoughts create your feelings, your attitudes, your your emotions about a thing. So when something comes up or someone, let's say someone comes up to you and says the sky is green and, and you look up at the sky and you say it's blue, that belief and thought will create the act, the attitude, the feelings that make you respond, which then goes down to your actions. So the top is your beliefs. Going down to the right are your feelings, your attitudes, your emotions. Goes down to the bottom, your actions, the things that you actually do, your replies, your arguments, however you put it together. That's what you that's your action. Or if you just walk away, that's still your action because of your beliefs and thoughts. This all comes straight from how and what and the way you believe and what you believe about things. And then your actions are going to point that's at the bottom. It's going to point right up to the left to the results. Now, the results is complicated because the results um, are dictated by others responses, the way the world sees you. The way the world responds to you. If you believe that you could go up and punch a cop and you have a feeling about this attitude, you know, do it, do it, you go up and you hit a policeman, well, then you're going to get some results. You just got to be straight about it. Your results is, is how the world sees you. Your responses that you get back, the things that you get back. 
in chemistry, if you pour one thing into another thing and they don't go together or whatever, you might get a, a bubbling explosion. You might get some sort of reaction. You pour water into water, you're still going to get a result. It might not look like nothing's happening, but maybe you're just increasing the volume. There's going to be a result that comes from your actions and your actions are determined by your feelings. We're going back around up the, the side and your feelings, emotions and attitudes are determined and depicted and determined by your beliefs and thoughts. Now, going all the way down again. So your beliefs and thoughts create your feelings, attitudes, uh, emotions down to your actions. You do those things based off of how you feel, what attitudes you have, your emotions, which actually ultimately come from your beliefs. And then your actions um, creates the results you have in life. If you ultimately believe that you can't achieve anything, you won't try to achieve anything, meaning you will feel that way. You will not do anything in inaction is still an action. You will not do anything to actually try to achieve anything. Therefore, your results will be nothing. And the world would treat you as the same way they see your actions. That's what you, that's the result you're going to get back. And guess what happens to your results? Guess what happens to you to to the results between the results and the beliefs? Because you've been doing that thing or have not been doing that thing because of whatever, your results are going to influence you and create or reinforce or erase or change a belief. You can have a result that reinforces beliefs. You can have results that change a belief. You can have results that, um, that make you feel like you just confused, but your results are going to ultimately give you an idea, some sort of influence, and that's going to influence your beliefs. Now, when I think about the beliefs to the attitudes, to the actions, your actions are going to be like your, 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 your experiences in life and what comes back to you as a result of your actions. Uh, I was talking with a good friend of mine a while ago, we were talking about, you know, anger management, just as within another subject. Um, what up, Lindsay? Um, we're talking about a the idea that you can manage your anger or you can control your anger. And there is a difference. There is a difference. Um, controlling and managing, there's a difference. One starts before the anger is released. The other starts during the anger cycle. All right, so actions, results, and then those results are going to create a new influence, whether positive or reinforcement or negative in your beliefs. So why do I go through this and show you how the brain works, where your beliefs and thoughts creates your feelings and attitudes, feelings and attitudes create your actions and your actions create your results in life. And then your results in life influence your beliefs. Why do I go through all of that? Because there is this thing, and here's the big kicker, all right? You, so you can see by mindfully taking simple and purposeful actions to, to interject your own programming code, you can use the power of self-influence to create whatever it is you want in life. See, you, you, are, you are malleable. You are changeable. You are programmable. 
Could you imagine if between the the actions point and the results point that you decided to interject things that will create or things that will create a belief that you need in order to achieve something. Things that would create a experience you need in order to achieve something. You can literally program yourself by taking action to change your beliefs. When you change your belief, you actually change your feelings towards a thing, your emotions towards a thing, your ideas towards a thing. When you change that belief, you change the feelings, the attitudes, and the emotions, which means you ultimately change the actions that you take. Because you know, you ever heard a person say, I no longer think like that, or I no longer do that thing, or I've changed? That's because they changed something within their belief. Something happened that made them change, or they took the time to interject things in their life and focus on things in their life to change their beliefs system or to change the way they think. One of the craziest things I've ever I've found out was this, was that depending on what I wanted in life, I could actually change my belief to suit that. And I'm not talking about just sitting here one moment and going, well, yep, yeah, now I believe this. No, I start to focus on something. When you have things on a board, a vision board, all right? I don't have a vision board per se, but if you have a vision board, when you're constantly looking at that thing and you're constantly associating that thing with the desire, with a love, with a want, with a need, you are creating a belief system about that thing. Say a red Ferrari. You've got red Ferrari on the brain. You put red Ferrari pictures up, you watch movies about red Ferraris, you got, you know, you listen to songs that talk about red Ferrari, you write poetry about red Ferrari, you, you, you know, all these things about red Ferrari. So you kind of gearing your brain towards identifying and associating this positive effect with this positive, um, this positive connection with red Ferrari, with a red Ferrari. And so you keep doing this until you get to a point where your belief system is in order for me to get this, I have to do X, Y, Z or X, Y, Z. They say in Australia here, I have to do these things in order for me to achieve getting that red Ferrari. And now I don't feel like it's impossible. I have to have it. This is mine. I have to have this red Ferrari. It's been such a big part of my thought processes. So now I've focused on it. I have a feeling that I need it. And when you need something and want something for a particular reason, you will develop the feelings and the emotions which will create the actions you will take. I'm either going to go and get this job or I'm going to apply for this place or I'm going to do this to get this red Ferrari. And you remember when I said it can go right or wrong, good or bad, however much potential you have to go good, you can go bad. People do this exact same thing. But instead of taking the action to get the money for it legally, instead of taking the action to put themselves in a position where they can purchase it or get it secondhand and fix it up or whatever, they do the other side. They go steal it or they go steal for it or they go, you know, do something that lands them in prison or on Santa's naughty list. So 
The idea is, is that you can actually interject things within your life that will help you focus on what it is you want to achieve. That belief that you can do it comes with how much you are putting into putting it in front of you. The movies that you watch, and, and, and these are back to simple concepts. We talked a bit about the, you know, the, the psychological things that you can do, you know, the mindfulness of helping yourself do things with visualization and self-talk and goal setting and, and things like that. Um, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about, but we can do this in a micro level as well. Meaning we put the pictures up in places that we know we're going to see it. We read books about it. We, we, we watch YouTube videos about it. We subscribe to, you know, places and things that's going to give us that information that's going to keep our focus. So when it comes to the point of us saying whether or not we're going to get it, we have no question as to whether or not we're going to achieve it because we've seen it over and over and over. And our belief is, is that this is just a part of me. I haven't got it yet, but this is what I'm aiming towards. This is what I'm working towards. Every human being has a height of potential. Depending on what they want to put into it, they have a height of potential. And the biggest thing is, is if you want to hack yourself, if you want to create a belief system that can automate your success, and focus on what it is you want to achieve, have a goal, set that goal, and then put that goal in front of you all the time. Eat it, sleep it, breathe it. You know, people say things like, oh, this person eats, sleeps, and breathes basketball. All they do is basketball. They're always walking around with a basketball. That person has a higher and better chance of achieving whatever basketball goal they set because that's their life. That's a major part of who they are. But if you sat on the couch and you did nothing and you basically say, I am going to become a billionaire, you know, selling uh, private jets, but you never actually put anything in front of you. You never look it up. You never talk about it. You never look at videos or read books about it or figure out who's doing that and watch them. That's a big key. Find a person that's doing or have what you want and see what it took for them to get there. And don't let any negatives deter you. Just know that you could probably do it better or easier. But that's putting something in front of you. That's visualization. That's positive self-talk. That's goal setting. That's mindfulness. That's self-influence. Now, the self-influence is going to create the self-control. Because now the self-control part comes in because you have no choice but to achieve what it is you want to achieve. Because that's what you want. That's all about you. That's your belief. That's your feelings. That's your attitude. You have an emotional connection to it. And when an opportunity comes, any opportunity comes, any opportunity that can get you to that next point, you take it because your actions, your beliefs and feelings, emotions and attitudes are all tuned to that action. So it becomes like a, why would not? This would be incredible. This would be perfect. And you take that action. You get that job or you sell that thing or you buy that place or you start that business or whatever it is because now your belief system has targeted that thing and that action will create results and that result will create your beliefs now when we do the results to beliefs part a lot of times people think of the negative right off the bat they go well you know in order to create something you have to change something i already got a positive belief that i'm going to achieve it 
So then I'm going to create a new belief with the, with the results. It could be the simple thing that your results show you. Every action you take is getting you closer and closer. So your belief system gets stronger and stronger. And by the time it's time for you to get to the height of that, that goal, to reach that goal, you could tell anybody, oh, this was easy because it, this is, you know, I just knew I was going to, it was going to happen because I took step one and I saw that I was getting closer to that goal. I took step two and it got me even closer. Took step three. It didn't really move. But step four, five and six, man, I'm blasting through this. So this is a way for you to actually hack yourself, to control your own brain, to actually automate your own success by using self-influence, putting things in front of you, researching, looking it up, going to school for it or going to a job for it or looking for opportunities or creating opportunities. But you must believe that you can do it. And one of the best ways to believe you can do it is to watch other people do it and go, okay, I see how it's done and get into it. Um, and then you have the feelings, attitudes, and emotions that are going to, that are going to just catapult your actions because nobody does anything without believing they can do it first without having the feeling and the attitude that this could be something, this is something I want to do and then taking the action But a lot of people fall off after the, the belief stage. They just go, oh, I don't think I can do it. Or they get to a point where they take one action and they sold, you know, they sold they, their old 2000 Honda and they didn't get enough money to buy that red Ferrari. So they quit. They stopped. That was a result that wasn't high enough for them. They stopped. What I'm trying to say to you is you have the ability to control how you believe and what you believe in order to achieve whatever success you want in life. All it takes is for you to take action. Believe that you can do it. How to believe? How do you believe that you can do it? Remember I said people will tell you things like, you know, um, do this, believe, believe in yourself, believe in this. How you do it is you put things in front of yourself. You influence yourself. You chase after the information. You look it up. You, you, you start, even if you start off small by just watching a lot of videos about it or listen to a lot of music about it or reading a book about it or watching shows that have to do with it and constantly connect yourself with the thing you want. That's the first step. That can be the first step. For others, the first step might be to get a certain job. For others, the first step might be to go to a, to do a course which might be just a small course that leads to a bigger course that leads to in whatever year's time, I got what I want. Another somebody, somebody's step is to just go on the internet, print out a picture, paste it up on their refrigerator. That's the first step they need to take because they need to see it and over and over and over to believe it. A lot of people you can look at psychology websites and, and, and biochemistry websites and all these different things, and they will tell you that your belief can be highly influenced by what you see and hear. Essentially, what you see and hear and the results you get from the actions you take are highly influential to your belief system. Extremely influential. You think a person that watches a lot of certain a certain thing, a lot of the same thing, a, a person that watches 
Animal Planet. They won't watch anything else. They'll just watch animals all the time. Anything to do with animals. What do you think one of the things that they enjoy the most in life are? Has to be animals. It might not be the only thing, but it there is something about animals, them watching animals, that they get a good feeling, positive belief system, or sorry, positive attitude. Um, and then they, if they if they can take any action, it would be one of the things that they have such a good positive feeling, belief, and attitude about. And if somebody says, we've got a place for you to come and work and you're going to be helping animals, you think that person's going to say, now, nah, I don't do animals. Maybe, but it's highly unlikely that that person is going to say, I don't want nothing to do with animals. I just like watching them on TV. Now, it depends on that person's goals, right? So, but that belief system can be a super huge catalyst to that person achieving what it is they want to achieve. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. I'm gonna stop rambling now, but I think it makes sense. So if you take a real good look at, at self-influence, you can see the self-influence can help you create and maintain self-control. And in order for you to actually be able to focus on what it is you want or get what it is you want in life, you can use self-influence to generate a positive result in your life and create a new belief system or reinforce the belief system you have by constantly influencing yourself with the thing that you want. That's why they say hang out with the people that are doing the things you want to do or research and watch the people that are doing the things that you want to do. Because as you watch these people, people who like playing basketball, who want to go to the, um, who want to play pro basketball, they're going to know about people already on the pro basketball teams. They're going to know what team they like. They're going to know why they like that person. They're going to know stats about them. They're going to be like, they're the best free throw person or they're the best three pointer shooter or they, you know, the best point guard or what. They're going to know about it because it's something that they have as a focus in their life. And you cannot like just show up one day and say, I'm going to be a pro basketball player and know nothing about basketball. So that's the whole big point. Focus on what it is you want to achieve. Put it in front of you. Actively put it in front of you. Constantly. Actively put it in front of you. Self-talk, visualization, um, meditate on it, think on it, watch videos on it eat, sleep, and breathe it, create that belief system, and stay positive about it, and you can get an incredible result in your life. Incredible results in your life. And everything don't always pan out perfectly the way you want it to, but I can guarantee you, it's better to have achieved towards that success than never to have it started at all. All right, that's me for today, people. Thank you very much for listening to me. I hope you had a good time. I had a really good time. So this was, this was, uh, you know, this is how I get down. So, <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed myself. Thank you guys for listening, um, to Paul Think Grow podcast. You have a good day.